Week one of preseason is officially in the rear view mirror with week two of the preseason coming right up. I'm Adam Wright, along with CJ Medeiros. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. We got a lot to talk about from week one and heading into the rest of the uh, heading heading into the rest of the preseason. We're going to talk on uh, a certain Steelers prospect. A wide receiver prospect who has been shining so far in camp and preseason. We're going to talk about Zach Wilson's injury. Uh, But first, let's dive into the top safety being paid top safety money. So Derwin James has been extended. It is a four-year, $76.4 million extension. And I believe a lot – how much of it is guaranteed – uh, I didn't see that. I don't know if like that's like come out yet. All right, so maybe it's not out yet. I'll I'll look it up. But what are your thoughts on on this guy being made so early in his career the highest paid safety in the league? One, I just saw that it's forty two million guaranteed, and two, he is a top three safety when he's healthy. Yes, I know that's the kicker for everyone, isn't it? But I mean, I love Derwin James. He's like, he can do it all. He's kind of like Taran Matthew on steroids, if you catch my drift. He can do anything. He can blitz. He can tackle. He can cover. He can run with the best of them. And he's a ball hawk. But like I said, the issue with him is health. And he missed a few games last year. Adam, do we, did you say how many? How many? He, he missed, missed last two year? games this past season. I right, missed two games this past season. Uh, he did struggle with a lot of injuries earlier in his career, but he seems to be getting a lot better. And uh, frankly, there's other than that, there's really not a lot you can say about that other than well, he he's he's very worth it. He's a young guy, but th- but he totally deserves every penny. Yeah. So I, I so. It, like based on his playing based on his playing ability he deserves this money but based on what he has gotten so far so i believe he's entering so he played 28 all of 2018 played 16 games was an all pro that's his that was his rookie year 2019 he he was only he only managed to play 5 games 2020 he couldn't play at all and then 2020 and 2021, he had a bounce back year playing 15 games. But like, I just feel like, so is this, is, is he going, I believe this is a contract year for him. Correct. So they, they do need to, they do need to extend him, yeah. but I feel like he would he might need to prove himself a little bit that he can stay healthy before that before they give him this record extension because he essentially didn't play for two seasons yeah yeah oh and i totally agree so like i said you know draft in 2018 and you know he only played a few games in 2019 i missed all of 2020 so he's entering his fifth year i believe yes yes and he's on his a fifth year option but yeah i mean it was now or never and i mean but adam this is kind of like one of those things where you're bidding against yourself. You know, it's like, do you want to take a chance and, you know, you don't extend him right away and prep and almost perhaps have him leave in free agency. Now, if you're the chargers, ask yourself, is that a risk you really want to take or do you bite the bullet and extend him? I mean, neither option looked all that enticing. I mean, James does deserve the money, but you know, there's those health issues but long story short, I feel like they did make the right decision. And frankly, it was a safer decision because I would have rather them extend them now than maybe roll the dice and hope he resigns with you this offseason. I just want to – what I do want to look at is what were the, what are the highest paid safeties um, in, the, in the league? Because it says, he's, it says he's actually the highest paid now by a good margin. So, like, what's the, what's the next – you know what? What's the next highest? So it's Minka Fitzpatrick, seventy-two for four years. Mm-hmm. Not sure how much of that's guaranteed. Then there's Jamal Adams. I mean, I think I just don't know if he even deserves Minka Fitzpatrick money because at least he's been able to stay healthy. And yeah. I, I know that he's he's such a 
big time. All right, wait, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has 36 million guaranteed. Jamal Adams and Jamal Adams is 38 million guaranteed. I'm on a over the cap. Okay. And what it, what was, uh, what was it like 42 mil you said for Dylan yeah. James? Yeah. 42 million guaranteed. So there, so 42. So there you go. The, the guaranteed has a big gap. The, the overall money there, it's not that big. It's 72 for Minka Fitzpatrick. And then, um, obviously, as we mentioned, 76 for Derwin James, it's not a huge gap, but like, I don't know if he does like just be just based on his injury history, because he is, like I said, he essentially 2020 and 2021, excuse me, 2019 and 2021. He essentially did not play at all. He played five games over that two year span. So like it's he deserves the money but just based on his playing abilities but his health still needs a little leaves a little bit to desi- to be desired so like what do you think do they do they franchise tag him for a year and then say look we need you to be able to prove that you can stay healthy and then give him that money it's just this could be this could wind up being a big mistake for him yeah, I hear you. And you know me. I'm not a fan of the franchise tag. I'm really not. And uh, whenever you franchise tag a player, you know, that's a really dangerous game you're playing because, you know, they could hold out. They could be unhappy. So honestly, as much as I, I, I I'm in the same boat that you are, but I, I will stay on that hill that this is like the right decision you know it's probably like the safest and uh i'm sure perhaps there's like a a clause in there you know regarding injuries so and if if he can play more than we'll say like 13 games this year then then they I i would just consider it fine yeah we'll have to see really how that how that goes for him it's one of those things where just time will tell and if it turns out he he's on the field and he's healthy the rest of his career and he's playing to the level that he can play, then there you go. That's good. That's that's a win for them. I'm just a little nervous about their about his injury history, that's all. And another another player with some injury issues to be concerned about, Zach Wilson. He just had his surgery the other day and we're going to cover that and what it means for the Jets going forward. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. I'm Adam Wright, along with CJ Medeiros, affiliated with Fans Only Sports Network, Power 88. And Zach Wilson has gone and had his surgery on his torn meniscus, and uh, I believe he had a bone bruise as well. And so this one thing to look at with this injury is that He's, this isn't the first time he's injured this knee in particular. He missed four games last season because of this. Not, not, be, not, not necessarily because of he tore his meniscus, but he had, a, he had a knee injury. So that's something to look at. Recovery timetable said it's two to four weeks, and I believe that they're optimistic that it could be closer to two, two to three weeks. So week one's still in play for them, but CJ – what do you think of Zach Wilson and, you know, this little injury history that he's starting to develop? Now, right now, I would say there's a there's really no reason to panic just yet. If he injures this knee a third time, then perhaps you could raise a red flag. However, I don't really view this as that big of an issue, especially because, you know, they said it's like two to four weeks. They're optimistic that it could be two. But if I were them... I would just, you know, pretty much sit him out for the rest of the preseason and then, you know, just save him for week one. 
how but the the only thing that concerns me is that he's a mobile quarterback. We know it. You know, I know it. He was touted in the draft as being a mobile quarterback. So that does complicate things. And if I'm Robert Sala, I say, you stay in the pocket. You know, like, don't run unless you have to. You are now a pocket quarterback until your knee is fully healed. That's that's just my two cents. Yeah, and like it's one thing if you're Lamar Jackson where you almost, and I say almost, uh, live and die by your your rushing attack, but it's it's like Zach Wilson over there in Utah was looked at. People were calling him the Mormon Patrick Mahomes with the arm angles he could throw at, with how he can, with you know his ability to throw on the run. You just got to be smart about it. You know, if you need, if you really need to roll out of out of the pocket, do it. If you need to throw it away, do it. If you're gonna run for a first down slide at the right time. Don't slide late so that a player accident, a a defender accidentally dives into you. So like, I just think it all comes down to being smart, especially with how Zach Wilson's built. Like if you look at the kid, he's not like, he looks really young. He's, he's not really built that well. So Mm -hmm. like, it's not like he's this big, big guy like Cam Newton who could, who could actually survive doing that for about 10 years or Josh. He's not. Or Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's becoming more smart about it, and he's more—he's becoming more of a pocket passer as as he goes on. He makes plays with his legs, and he's he's dynamic when he does it. But like, I mean, the the real like the the real trademark to Josh Allen's game is his ability to throw. He can mm-hmm. chuck it down the field, and he has receivers over there to do it. He's in the perfect offensive scheme. Zach Wilson's still figuring all that stuff out, so he needs to be careful early on in his career. And if his legs are gone, then that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for him. So yeah. Wilson, he's got he's got to be smart. Got to be smart about this. Yeah, I mean he's a fairly slender quarterback. I, I have his measurables right here. He's six two, two hundred fourteen, which, like we said, is a far cry from your Josh Allen's and your Cam Newtons. You know, guys that can like take the punishment. You know, as, as a running quarterback. And what, but when I see Zach Wilson, I would say that, look, you got some weapons now, you know, you have Garrett Wilson, you know, you, you have Elijah Moore, you have a decent tight end, CJ Uzama and a strong rushing game probably. So like, dude, just stay in the pocket. You like, you don't need to be a scrambler, you know? And plus you have like a good defense. So you don't have to like take all matters into your own hands. And I would definitely say maybe like slacking the leash a little bit, but mark my words, if this right knee, it's his right knee, right? I believe believe so. Yeah. If it gets injured a third time, that's when you say that's it. You're a pocket guy, you know, especially when these young guys start getting injured early, it can haunt them later. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And like also looking at it, this is a big year for Zach Wilson because so usually, so, the timetable is usually about three years, as I've mentioned before with quarterbacks. It's about three years when you draft a quarterback to really figure out whether or not this guy works for you. And he didn't have the great, the best rookie year. So he's going into his sophomore season and he has a much better situation around him. So while this isn't the third year for him with, with the team that he has built around him, he has a couple of good wide receivers to work with actually a few Corey Davis as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Added on top of now newcomer Zach Will, uh, excuse me, uh, Garrett Wilson, the other Wilson, um, a good a, a good backfield, a very good actually a, an offensive line that's actually starting getting better and better as the years go on, and then they bring in Dwayne Dwayne Brown, everything's working in his favor. So this is a big prove it year for Zach Wilson, although he's only going into his sophomore season. Yeah, Adam, you are uh, absolutely right, but well. But yeah, uh, I, it shouldn't be a long-term thing, but just it's just something to keep an eye on. Certainly. And speaking of players to keep an eye on, a certain wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver out of Steeler, the Steelers' preseason and training camp has been shining. We're going to talk about that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast.
This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. So, George Pickens, the wide receiver taken by the Steelers in this past draft. What was it, second round? Yeah, second, second round. So, second round, this kid was taken. And all reports coming out of tra- training camp is that he has been one of the big bright spots on this team. Even better than Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, all of them. All of the pass catchers, he has been showing up. And it showed and it showed during the preseason game that they played this past game. Three receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. So showing that he can get some, get a few catches, some yards, a touchdown. This kid is showing that he he could potentially do it all. But Another thing to look at, his character, and uh, a few a few issues, not necessarily off the field, but with maturity, um, and fo- and lack of focus. CJ, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on George Pickens so far? Now, he's an interesting guy to say the least. So, talent wise, he's top five. He's a top five receiver in this draft. I meant not not in the league, but in like the most recent draft, he was top five in terms of talent. And a lot of people have said that one of the reasons he fell to the second round was due to maturity issues. And if you know a thing or two about the Steelers, you know they love flashy receivers with maturity issues. Think about some that they've had in recent vintage: Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Steelers fan, and he said, oh, Tomlin can straighten him out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because he's done a wonderful job of that so far. Now, there is this really good article by, uh, I believe, yes, SB Nation called The Steelers May Have a Star in Receiver George Pickens If They Can Keep Him Focused. And one of his biggest weaknesses is that he's got a poor temperament. He's immature. He's reckless. He's over-aggressive. He's, like, gotten with fights on other players. He's, like, tripped other players when they crash into his sideline. I don't remember what game it was last college football season, but I know he dumped water on, like, an opposing player when they crashed into their sideline. And not to mention, he's, like, really aggressive when it comes to blocking. That's a good quality in a receiver, but he does get flagged for it a lot. He's just a really aggressive guy, a hothead, some would say. Now, we've seen players like that before, and, you know, they they can tone it down. But that's going to be a big if, especially because Mike Tomlin doesn't really seem to really ever have a a handle on his crazy receivers. But that being said, the sky's the limit for George Pickens. I And I'm rooting for him. I am. But the attitude is a, a big, big, big question mark. You know, when I look at this guy with, with you know, character issues – being drafted by the Steelers. And not only that, but also panning out and turning out to actually be a pretty talented kid. Just feels so much like the Steelers. They're just they're such great talent evaluators on wide receivers. They've been they've been a factory for the past what, 10 to 12 years. Something and like the guys that we listed aren't even the only ones who have been pretty good. There is Emmanuel Sanders who was drafted by them, Mike Wallace was drafted by them. Uh, Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Has I been was just drafting, good. I was just naming head cases, but yes. Yeah. But like, I'm going like even past those because the head cases have been great. Those yeah. actually have been their best. You can make receivers. a case for Heinz Ward too. He was a little nutty. Yeah. But all of these wide res- all of these wide receivers and most of them to have, uh, character issues. This dealer, this Steelers front office really doesn't care about any off the field issues. Don't do they? Because they're, they've been great with evaluating the talent side, but they kind of ignore everything else that goes along with them. And it's kind of like the talent has kept them competitive in the, in, in this, during that time frame. but they still like, it's like the other issues with these receivers have, has dragged them down. Remember Martavis Bryant? Yeah, he could never like stay on the field due to like the substance abuse rules. He he was he was suspended an entire season due to substance abuse. The Steelers went to the AFC Championship that season and they were bounced and they were bounced by the Patriots because they didn't have enough firepower to to 
uh, to compete with them. And they really could have used Martavis Bryant that year. So that's not, that's really not good on their part. It's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, it's just, if he wasn't on the Steelers, I would say it's fine, but they do have a bit of a diva issue, not just at receiver. You remember Le'Veon Bell? I oh, yep. do. And, How could I not? And who could forget uh, the guys on defense like Vince Williams and uh, Mike uh, Mike Mitchell, the former safety? Yeah, they were head cases too. And just Tomlin's got to get a hold on like these young, fast and loose players and fast. But, I mean, because I don't want to see another like Antonio. I don't think I don't think he's going to be Antonio Brown, but another Antonio Brown esque flame out where a super talented receiver runs himself out of town. I want George Pickens to have a great career. I really do. Yeah, and to add on to that, William Gay. You remember that one oh, game? Who could he got what? Did, he got a pick six, and he kept on celebrating the touchdown, dancing with everybody. Then mm-hmm. he was on the sidelines, and then there was a flag for excessive celebration. And as they were, and, and as the ref, <laughs> and as the official was announcing that it was that it was you know excessive celebration, unsportsmanlike conduct. He was still on the sideline dancing with all his teammates. That was yeah. just good God. <laughs> uh, who could forget? He just didn't give a damn. He really didn't. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna move on to the Fumble Ruski fan box where we're going to dive into how you guys feel about this 2022 season, specifically some takes that you guys have. Everybody has that one hot take, and we want to hear what you guys have to say. So we got a lot of them, and this is going to be a great segment. Lots of good responses on some hot takes going into this 2022 regular season. You won't want to miss this, so don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski Podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Fans Only Sports Network. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros. We have reached the Fumble Rooski fan box. So what happens is we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the question of the week, and it wasn't really a question, it was just, telling you guys it was a command yes it was a request give us your hottest take for the 2022 season so i expected a lot of good ones from you guys and you did not disappoint kick it off with ian mulhern who's a panthers fan by the way said panthers have more than five wins this year talk about a smoldering hot take huh (laughs) hey i mean you know they have a lot to overcome name most of them are matt rule yeah, and you they, know maybe Baker doesn't pin out, but then they should. I mean, they have the talent too, but one never knows when one's coach is Matt Rule. Yeah, and so Jay Z eight hockey. I don't know his full, his real name. That's just his username on Instagram. He said Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl. I, I mean, can get yeah, down with that. I guess it's a hot take, but I mean, I expect Super Bowls from Tom Brady every year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but maybe that's, maybe that's just a little bit of bias, but I mean, they have the, ta- they they, they have the talent level to do it. And Tom Brady hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. He, uh, he retired just to unretire in a two month span. So he clearly, he's clear, his mind, his heart is clearly still into it. So I don't see why he, why they can't be able to do it. Uh, Sa- then uh, Luke Banning said Saints win the A- the NFC South. Mm. So there's another take on the NFC South. And it's going to be tough for the Saints. A lot needs to go right for them. But they do ha- low-key have a very talented roster. 
and they could they'll they'll be I think they'll be competitive. Yeah, not to mention they always give Tampa a rough time during the season. So I mean, hey, though those division wins add up. Yeah. Uh Jaron Schutz said Kurt throw so see as in Kurt Cousins throws for five thousand yards. Perhaps. I mean, he's got the weapons to do it, does he not? You know, Dalvin Cook's a pretty good receiving back. Not to mention there's guys like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne on their offense, and even Irv Smith to an extent. But then again, this is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a better offensive scheme. Well, theoretically, a better off- offensive scheme. So, sure. he It, it could happen. I, I'm not too high on Kirk Cousins, but... He has an elite uh, offense around him, good offensive line, off- uh, weapons on offense, good uh, good offensive uh, de- offensive backfield. So we'll see how it works. Uh, Chase McGinty said JT for MVP. It's uh, I mean, I don't hate it, but the MVP is just such a quarterback award, you know? Yeah, and you can kind of understand why. I mean, running backs are are very rarely the reason why teams win championships. But when a when, but when a, a team wins a Super Bowl, then usually the quarterback's right in the middle of it. Or if they're leading that MVP, like if they're leading that season where they're just the team is just devouring everybody, usually the quarterback's in the middle of it. Um, but I completely understand JT. If anyone's gonna do it, it's him. That's the thing. And I don't think I don't I'm sorry, but Derrick Henry's getting up there in age. He's starting to get some injury issues racking up. And you can understand why, because the guy continues just to, you know, he getting up there in age. He's 28. That's that's old. That's kind of old for running backs. Jeez. In the past in the past 10 years, only two, only two. uh, I I forgot the statistic. Only two running backs. There's only been two running backs who have uh, rushed for have been the league leading rusher while uh, being under the age of 25. Both of them were Adrian Peterson. Huh. Um. Anyways, uh, where were we? So JT for every okay. Connor Fallon said Justin uh, Justin Fields leads the Bears to a 12 and four record. That's going to be. I, I just That's a Herculean task. <laughs> if Justin Fields can do that, then he deserves. If there was a most improved, if there was an award for most improved, that he'd be, he would get that because mm-hmm. with the offensive line they have, the depleted defense, they have some pieces on offense, but you can only do so much with, with that when you don't have any time to throw. Like it, it was one thing with Joe Burrow this past season where he didn't have much time to throw, but he had all the weapons in the world, so he didn't need that much time. And he was still getting getting the, his teeth kicked in by defenders. But, like, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Not on that I hope I hope I'm wrong. I think that kid is very talented, but I don't know. Um, Zachary Stilson said Patrick Mahomes will have – will not have a spectacular season. He'll be good, but not spectacular. I would say that's pretty realistic for him. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. I think he'll have a pretty good season because, like, from a production standpoint, I think I think MVS and Juju can hold their own with trying to replace the production of Tyreek Hill. One can play, play well underneath like Tyreek Hill, and the other can be a deep threat like Tyreek Hill. So they they can kind of be all right, but not nearly what Mahomes has been. Um, Tyson Tate said, Tua leads the league in passing touchdowns. Well, he has no excuse not to. That's, yeah. And, like, to lead the league in touchdowns, that is pretty hard, even if he can play, because it's there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there, especially this year with the teams around him. But like the talent level that 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 Tua has around him, two awesome wide receivers. 
and the, a great offensive line to throw behind and coaching that is, uh, I, that theoretically is actually very friendly to quarterbacks. Yeah. It should work out for him. Um, Jack, Bre- uh, Jack Breel said Vikings win the NFC North. Hmm. I kind of – I mean, the, I think they deserve to be favored too. They they have all the talent to do it. Their their rivals, their division rivals are getting weaker, and I mean maybe the Lions are getting better, but they're they're a few years off from contention. But I yeah they they should I think they they should win the NFC North. Um, Eli Turner said Broncos go eleven and six and win the Super Bowl. Hmm. See, when Russell Wilson was added to that team, everything changed. That it makes all the difference in the world ru- with Russell Wilson, and they have the they have the ceiling to be a Super Bowl contender. Well, yeah, I mean they were always. I mean, ever since Peyton Manning left, the Broncos were always a team that was one quarter. Excuse me, that was always one quarterback away, and now they've got their quarterback. We'll see what they yep. can do. They finally traded for him. We'll see how it works. I mean, Russell Wilson's no Peyton Manning, but yeah, still, well, you know, very. Um, very competent, very good quarterback. Um, all right, Landon Weber said Jonathan Taylor gets two thousand rushing yards. So Jonathan Taylor is young, like I said. So if anyone's going to be the league leading rusher and just just destroy the the NFL world with his rushing ability, it's it's this guy. It's Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and like maybe Najee Harris someday. But that offensive line for the Steelers are just – it's just not it. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, and I get uh, – Joe, Joe Mixon is getting up there in age. But his offensive line is getting better. You he, and running backs getting up there in age. I don't even know if Joe Mixon's that old. Let me look. Running backs age – He's like 26, Adam. He's 26. He's not 25 and younger. Oh, well then. He, he could be really good, but – uh, and like another thing to look at too, but like uh, another thing to look, we're, we're talking about like rushing for 2000 yards. Is Joe Mixon doing that? Probably not just cause exactly. like the, no, it's not his fault. I'm sure he could. Alas, you know, the, the, uh, the bung, the Bengals there, they are a pass first offense. And That's true. Going to change. I see it more balanced though. Isn't it? Because Mixon no. Mixon still had a pretty good year. I mean, yeah, he did, but that's just because Joe Mixon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, all right. Mike Hansen said Bears make the playoffs. That's a like I said earlier on. Right. Like, let alone a twelve and four record, I don't even see them really making a run at the playoffs because I think Green Bay is still going to find a way to be competitive because they have Aaron Rodgers. Um, and then there's the there's obviously the Vikings who we just talked about probably the most talented team there and the lions are an up and coming team and maybe yeah. they're not a, con- a contending team, but I don't see, look, I, I don't see the bears catching them because their, their defense sucks now. Yeah. And so does their O line and their offensive line sucks. So they're going to get their quarterback killed too. And that quarterback is not going to be able to get, they get the, get the ball to the talented Darnell Mooney and uh, and D, uh, D- David Montgomery is going to be lucky if he's not tackled behind the line of scrimmage. Not to mention, they really don't have many receivers not named Darnell Mooney. I think there's uh, there's, 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 An- there's is Anthony Miller still there? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Also, they did draft this guy Vellis Jones Jr., but that's that's they, a... draft, they drafted your boy Nikhil Harry. Or no, oh, no yeah. they traded for him. They traded yeah, for him. the greatest touch world piece. He's your problem now, Chicago. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Cash Withers said CD is a top receive, top five receiver. Now, Adam, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Can you? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, there you I, go. I, my my cam unplugged, but I I believe it was Cash Cash Wizard. Cash, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Cash today? Withers, Cash yeah. Withers, who, who had said, him as an MVP candidate, yeah, had him as an MVP candidate. I'm like, this man loves CD Lamb. 
I don't know if I'm ready to crown him top five, though. How could you not love C.D. Lamb? I th- See, uh, like, he had a top five talent since he's entered the league so far. Now, Amari Cooper's out the door. So, like, all of those targets are going to go to him. And on top of that, like, it's not like he's the only option in that offense and their defenses are going to focus on him. Because now there's also Dalton Schultz at tight end. There's also mm-hmm. Michael Gallup right behind him, who's who's a good receiver in his own right. So CeeDee Lamb is going to get all these targets, and I think he's going to have a career year. I think he could be top five. He can. He has that ability. Um, Patrick Williver said, I called the Bengals last year. I'm ready for the newest legal uh, – excuse me, the newest lethal offense. Lions top eight. That is bold. Uh, that yeah, that's probably the hottest take we've probably gotten so far. Uh, they need a they need wow. better play at quarterback, but like their offensive line is getting better. They Maybe have they pieces on 2018 golf. They yeah, and even then, like that was that felt like it was more coaching and some offensive weapons around him that was making that were making golf better. Now oh, golf you don't had believe a, in Dan Campbell. It's not that. It's just he's no uh, Sean McVay. He's no, yeah, he's no Sean McVay. Yeah, I hear you. And like, like he's still like Goff is still a decent quarterback, and he proved it this past year. He was he was serviceable, but he's not the type who's going to lead a top eight offense. He's he's not going to be. And you need a better wide receiving core. You need better coaching for that. They have a good wide receiving core. It's good, young. It's up and coming. But I don't know. I'll, and also, if we forgot about TJ Hawkinson. He's he's a he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Parker said Dax will win defensive rookie of uh, excuse me. Dax Hill will win defensive rookie of the year, and the Bengals will win the AFC and the Super Bowl. In case you didn't notice, Stephen Parker is a uh, Bengals fan. How could so you lots tell? Of, lots of faith in his in his uh, in his home team. I love the I love the Bengals this year. Sure the only reason I hesitate. Though. I, I know, and I don't know why, because like there's nothing analytical about it. It's just an emotional thing. It's some sort of mental block for the entire team. It's like, guys, you got better this year. Just let's go. Come on. It's in the past. Let's go. I, I don't I, I don't like that it's a real thing. Like me neither. It's it's weird. And very that few teams have been able to have the mental toughness to really overcome it. You know what's um, interesting? Wait, Adam, Adam. What's up? The last team to lose a Super Bowl that went right back, I believe, was New England. That's it. It was the it was New England. And but like teams to go back, I think there were like seven of them all time. Yeah. Teams I know, to uh, go back and win it, the Patriots hmm. were only the second team ever to do it. Who was the other one? Was that like Dolphins? Oh yeah, yeah. And maybe there was a third team, but I know it's just it's extremely rare air. Like it never happens. And the Patriots yeah. were, were able to do that. Balls. Freaking balls. That was a ballsy Patriots team. Not the best <laughs> roster, but that team had they heart. had heart. That team had heart. And they were able to work through a lot of difficult things during that season. Um all uh, right, where are we? Where are we? Kaylee Morton <laughs> said Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I agree. Listen, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Indeed. Write it down. No, thank Get thank you. On a pillow. Kaylee, thank you very much for the response. We asked, so we just asked for a hot take. That's all. Do you think that Patrick Mahomes is going to have an uh, an elite year? That's a hot take. Just try to maybe add some context. That's all. Maybe she, I don't know. Hot take. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is cute. I've heard. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's what she meant. Oh boy. But yeah, Patrick someone's Mahomes is a cool. Someone's dude. getting sauce. <laughs> He's Patrick Patrick Mahomes, and yeah, yeah, indeed, yes, yes Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Good take. <laughs> uh all right grayson mortimer said bills win the super bowl may not seem hot but they're cursed jim kelly would agree oh yeah absolutely the four falls of buffalo have you seen that espn documentary the 30 for 30 yeah I it's have. actually pretty good it is and it's heartbreaking because you see how mm-hmm. how much they try yeah i mean and look eventually yeah. teams actually started to hate them because mm-hmm. they they would go and everyone said they're going to lose year four they were really like fighting everyone. 
-hmm. not only were they fighting back from three straight Super Bowl <laughs> losses, but everyone wanted them out of the Super Bowl because they're saying, we like, don't go back. Please don't go back. You're going to yeah. lose. And look, there are division rivals. And as a Pats fan, I feel bad. I felt so bad watching that. I really did. You know, I like Jim Kelly and I like Bruce Smith. And it's just, you know, they, they should have won at least one. That's it's sad, honestly. Yeah. Luke Banning said the Lions go eight and nine and barely miss the seventh seed. Uh, hmm, that's not really a hot, like that's like I could really see that happening. Like a 500 team now, they have some talent, but and they're up and coming, but they don't actually get anywhere. Um, not yet, at least. Will Hinckley said Dolphins win against the Bills in the Super Bowl. Now, for those listening at home, can you spot what is wrong with that sentence? What's wrong with this picture, guys? <laughs> What's wrong with the picture? Can uh, can the can two teams in the same division meet in a Super Bowl? Oh, that's a tough one. Science hasn't know. figured that one out yet. That's a tough. That's a tough one. I, it's a that's a good take. Hot take right there. God, I didn't even I didn't even know what to. I was like, I looked at that response. I was like. Obviously, he was just trying to be funny. It, it, it was pretty funny. I, yeah. I had a little laugh. And then I, I poked some fun. I put the Anchorman. Uh, I put the, uh, Ron the Anchorman line where Bron, Ron Burgundy. After, uh, after it was after, uh, what's his name? The other guy was saying, it's called Sex Panther. It's illegal in nine countries. You know, they've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. And then Ron <laughs> Burgundy says, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> and that's that's what i put up for that so i had some fun with it too but that i, I like that it was funny uh nick normand said seahawks most underrated offense in the league just a quarterback away and an offensive line yeah so which is a little important yeah, especially I mean, since they lost their best mm -hmm. their best player in left tackle dwayne brown yeah losing dwayne brown and russell wilson the same offseason can really hurt your offense. Surprise, surprise. But I mean, their running game. I mean, they have uh, the up and coming Rashad Penny. He's he's decent. Yeah, and they have and Kenneth receiving Walker too. Core. Yeah, rookie Kenneth Walker. And you have a tight end. You just got Noah Fan. He's a he's pretty good. And you have DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. Yeah, and Tyler Lockett. So I mean, the weapons are there, but is the protection there for the quarterback that you also don't have? In the court, yeah, the quarterback don't you don't that. have. Quarterback and offensive line is pretty is uh is pretty important for a, an offense that you uh, that you claim to be underrated. Um Cola DJ said Tua throws 30 or more touchdowns. That's kind of he has no reason not to. That's kind of gotta be the expectation. And if he can't do that, then you might need to say goodbye to Tua. Bring in Tom Brady, who almost came to New England, it turns out. You mean and Miami? was talking to uh, and the Miami Dolphins who were talking to uh, to Tom Brady illegally, and Sean Payton. I thought that was a big conspiracy theory. That yeah, was just crazy. It was crazy. That was a lit episode though when we were talking about it. Um, Damon Berg Berg Bergfeld. Bergfeld. Let me know about the pronunciation, Damon. But um, Vikings take last in their division. That's. Maybe if they are like the Ravens last year and everyone and their mother gets injured. If they get hurt and they play like really poorly, like it, that's a very, that's very hard to see. Like it's hard for me to see them not finishing in last, let alone finishing in, uh, excuse me. It's hard for me to not see them finishing in first, not even, not even uh, like, let alone finishing last. So like, that's, that's tough. I don't know. But uh, Derek Hool said Jameis Winston and his crab legs <laughs> make top ten in in MVP voting. Famous I'd say that's Jameis. a pretty that's that's a that's a pretty realistic standard for him. Yeah, the he Saints has, are sneaky underrated. Good wide receivers. They fixed their offensive line. They did replace Taron Armstead in the first round of the draft. So, and they got another wide receiver out of it. Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas coming back. It's I could really see it. I do. And there's also Camara. Granted, if he, if he doesn't, him. if they have him, but chances are they will. 
Um, if he gets suspended, it'll be like later on in the season and he can appeal it and then drag it out into the season and into the off season. And then next thing you know, next thing you know, he's suspended in 2023 instead when he'll probably be kind of washed up. We're doing this again, are we? I look running backs age like milk. All right. That's yes. Just, I'm, cause, so I'm setting the standard that way. And if they surprise me, then golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> But until these teams with their offensive schemes stop running their running backs into the ground, then, yeah, yeah, just running backs, it's tough for them. It's tough. Um, Jack Robb, embrace for this one, said Drew Locke is a pro bowler and has a run at MVP. You know, we have a friend that's a Drew Locke fan, and I'm sure he's at home weeping tears of joy. Oh, he probably loves this take. Mm-hmm. And – it's tough for me to see him being a pro bowler, but an MVP. And even if he does, if it does turn out, he can play that offensive line still stinks. Mm-hmm. And in order to win league MVP, you also want your team to have a high seed. So even if your offensive line does turn out to pan out, then your defense is going to lose you games anyways. Yeah, so defense Drew Locke screwed either way. And also he may not even be the week one starter. It could be Geno Smith. So, there's that much to look at, but still it is a hot take. I mean, it's very out there, but yeah. All right. Sean Howe said Finns make a playoff appearance. That should be the expectation, man. Yeah. Shouldn't it? If they don't make the playoffs, I'm calling their season a disappointment. All right. And Isaiah, uh, excuse me. Isaac Zonana said Tua MVP. Yeah, I like he can if it turns out he can play. And it's tough to win league MVP. It is. Even if you have weapons around you, it turns out you can play. Just ask Tom Brady last year. Mm. I guess 40, what is it, 42, 43 touchdown passes isn't good enough. Over 5,000 yards too. Over 5,000 yards. I guess that's not good enough to uh, win league MVP over a guy who threw like, what, 35 touchdowns. But mm-hmm. the interceptions, he didn't – like Rodgers, he didn't throw many interceptions, so that must mean he's the MVP, doesn't yeah, it? Just for him to disappear in the playoffs. you got to remember, the MVP is a regular season award because Rodgers is a regular season quarterback. The more yeah. you know. All right. Uh, Leo, uh, and I, I, I apologize for the pronunciation, Koivu? Koivu? It's, Ko, it's K-O-I-V-U. So let me know about the pronunciation, Leo. But he said Raiders taking it to the Super Bowl this year. Their secondary is a little questionable, and their offensive line is questionable. Everywhere else, they're pretty solid. Yeah. Their front seven's good. Their often their offensive line's questionable, but their backfield is good. Their, their quarterback is, is really good. Their receiving <laughs> core is awesome. Dang right. And they have a they have an elite tight end. But they have some. They have a couple of question marks there. Let's see if they can fill those in. If they can, then maybe. And also, want, it also depends on how they fit in in that division because it's a tough division. Uh, Stephen Parker said Broncos Super Bowl. So mm. another Super Bowl pick. Um, yeah, like they have the ceiling to do it. Just it's a te- a new team that's kind of thrown together, new quarterback. They need. They kind of just need to gel early on, gel early and win some games and win that division because it's a tough division. Um, so Isaac Zonana again said Ty, uh, Waddle and Tyreek both have over 1.3 K yards. So 1300 yards for each. Well, that depends on Tua now, doesn't Depend, it? Depends on the quarterback play. Depends on the quarterback play. All right. Well, that's all our responses. We had 30 of them to go over. And I'm pretty sure we spent about half the episode going over them. We had four segments. The first three took about just over 20 minutes. The others, the others took probably close to 30. Or the others, as in like that one last segment, <laughs> the fan box. Fan box, you guys are getting giving us a lot of responses. We got 30 this week, 21 the week before, and 26 the week before that. We appreciate you guys coming in to answer and give us some uh, give us some hot takes. And we're going to be doing it all season, so we appreciate getting you guys' feedback and everything. But, CJ, do you have 
Anything else before we end the show today? Nope. Not. Just saying it was a good episode. Good episode, man. All right. Well, that'll do do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.